from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You hear about this teacher shortage. It doesn't mean that, like, there are classrooms that don't have teachers, you know. it's What it means is that there aren't enough substitutes to cover. Teachers are going to have to be working during their planning periods. It's more prominent among certain types of classes, special ed teachers, foreign language classes. They have this blue ribbon commission, they're calling it, on teacher recruitment and retention. And so that commission's been meeting. They're trying to find solutions. So St. Louis Public Schools on Monday announced that eight schools are not going to have bus service for the first two weeks of school. That's pretty late notice. So they're going to offer older kids metro cards. And then they're actually offering, if kids have perfect attendance, a $75 gift card for gas every week. I'm Emily Woodbury. As teachers, kids, and parents head back to school, area districts are dealing with teacher and staff shortages. Due to a lack of drivers, nearly 3,500 St. Louis public school students will be without bus service for at least two weeks. But it's not all bad news. This is the first school year in which kids of all ages are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. And thanks to city voters, St. Louis Public Schools will now have $160 million to spend on building upgrades. Here with me now to look ahead to the 2022-2023 school year is St. Louis Public Radio education reporter Kate Grumke. Kate, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's kind of wild. We're headed into the 2023 school year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're nearly two and a half years into the coronavirus pandemic. And finally, everyone can be vaccinated. What do we know about the rate of COVID-19 vaccination among younger kids in that K through 12 range? Yeah, so, so far, vaccination rates have been slower and lower among younger groups. So everyone is eligible now, but the uptake still hasn't been as high as it is for older people. And so public health officials in St. Louis are really encouraging families to get those younger kids vaccinated, but it still has been kind of a slower uptake. But at the same time, because everyone is eligible, I think a lot of school leaders are looking forward to a year that they're hoping won't be as impacted by COVID-19. And we've seen a lot of policies kind of change around that. Yeah. And the CDC now has new guidelines for schools. Tell me a little bit about that. What are yeah. they saying? So they used to recommend that if someone was exposed to COVID-19, they should either quarantine or do tests to stay in schools. And now they're just recommending masking. They're getting rid of that test to stay recommendation. So that means kids are going to be able to stay in school. Okay. And and mask policies, that's been a big thing in Missouri here in the St. Louis region. Will, will most students be masked this year? So most students will not be masked this year. Most students are going to be in a mask optional environment. So it'll be recommended in some school, school districts. Some are not even recommending it. And with that, I think that's a pretty big change. So um, we kind of saw this trend of school districts adding case count thresholds. You know, if there was a certain case positivity, either in schools or in the community, then they might implement mask policies. 
those are pretty much going away. So, for example, in Parkway, they're not going to have that same case threshold, and they actually are getting rid of their COVID dashboard on their website, which I think a lot of parents probably remember looking at those websites and trying to figure out what the cases were like in schools. So that's a big change. It's not every district. The Maplewood Richmond Heights School District is going to have masks be required the first two school two weeks of school. But for the most part, most students are going to be in a mask optional environment. And do we know how people are feeling about this? I'm thinking of the teachers who were, you know, a lot of them were wanting masks before. Um, How are people feeling about this? Are people feeling pretty comfortable? I mean, it's hard to say, you know, it's not like I've pulled everyone that's going to school on Monday and Tuesday for the first time. But um, I think on the downside of this, people who have um, kids who have disabilities or have some sort of thing that might make them need a masking environment. Our colleague Brian Munoz did a great story about that a couple of months ago, if people wanted to take a look at that. But I think on the more positive side, I have heard from a lot of people in schools that are hoping that this year feels more normal. And I think the masks are definitely a part of that. So not having those and being back in kind of a normal feeling environment is something that definitely a lot of people are excited about. Yeah. I'd like to talk about buses because public schools across the entire St. Louis region are struggling to recruit bus drivers. We heard about those, um, you know, 3,500 students Mm. in the St. Louis Public School District will be without bus service. That's for at least two weeks due to this shortage. And you recently learned that in Rockwood, a recent effort to recruit 15 to 20 bus drivers ended up with only three drivers being hired. What's what's going on? Yeah, so this is something that is affecting every school district in our area. Everyone says that they're having a really hard time hiring bus drivers. So St. Louis Public Schools on Monday announced that eight schools are not going to have bus service for the first two weeks of school. That's pretty late notice if you're a family that's trying to get your kid to school. So they're going to offer older kids metro cards. And then they're actually offering, if kids have perfect attendance, a $75 gift card for gas every week. So they're trying to kind of find ways to get kids to school, but it's definitely affecting the districts. And then um, so Rockwood, Fox, and Parkway all have basically um, shrunk the radius that they're going to give bus routes to. So kids within a mile in those school districts are going to have to walk to school. And I went out to um, Rockwood for a new bus driver training for one of those few bus drivers that they were able to hire. And um, they kind of showed me the different things that they're having to do to consolidate routes um, to make up for this shortage. So they're going to have some kids in rural neighborhoods have to come to the front of their neighborhood instead of having the bus pick them up at their house. Or they're having to um, have kids just on the bus longer, basically. So it's just a huge logistical issue for a lot of these districts. And I think it's something that's going to continue to be a problem. A lot of them said that they're just going to keep hiring. You know, they really want to talk to me about this because they're trying to hire more bus drivers right now. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, money helps, but then families are trying to figure out, okay, do we use that money for an Uber to get you to school every day? Like, how do we, you know, do the logistics of even driving you? And did you get the sense that 
the schools are updating their policies, they're going to be willing to pay bus drivers more. What what will it take to get to full staffing? Yeah, so we did see a lot of school districts um, up their pay for bus drivers at the end of last school year going into this school year. So you can definitely get paid more to be a bus driver now, but that doesn't mean that the pay is high. Um, I also think that it can be just kind of a tough schedule because it is a part-time job. So you're not working in the summer, um, and then it's also not full-time during the year. So usually who drives a bus, they have a lot of people who are semi-retired who maybe are looking for something to do and like like being around kids. Um, and those are kind of the same people that because of COVID <laughs> decided that they didn't want to keep working in person. So it's just kind of an uphill, uphill slog, I think, for the districts to find bus drivers. And it's not just driver positions that schools are trying to fill. I mean, our state, Missouri, is still battling a widespread teacher shortage. Yeah. How are de- districts coping? Yeah. So I talked to a lot of school districts about this a couple weeks ago, and they all said that it's pretty late in the summer and they were still hiring, which is not normal. Um, I think that this it's important to note that you hear about this teacher shortage. It doesn't mean that like there are classrooms that don't have teachers, you know, it's what it means is that there aren't enough substitutes to cover, for example. And so teachers are going to have to be working during their planning periods or covering classes in that way. Um, And it's also it's more prominent among certain types of classes. So people are always looking for special ed teachers or teachers um, for foreign language classes, for example. But it really has been, I think, a struggle, and it's something that the state recognizes. And so they have this Blue Ribbon Commission, they're calling it, on teacher recruitment and retention. And so that commission's been meeting. They're trying to find solutions that they hope policymakers will actually put into law. And are you optimistic that they're doing the right things to find those answers? This is such a big question and a big issue. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people in education are skeptical of these types of efforts. Um, You know, we've got another commission. They're going to give us more recommendations. And what will actually change from that? Um, I do think that this is something that lawmakers understand is very serious. It's something that Governor Parson talked about the need to raise teacher salaries um, during last session. So there's definitely a recognition. It's just a matter of what will actually happen. And um, they're they're doing what they can, I think, to collect information about it. They just did a big survey of all the teachers in the state, ended up getting a response from about 22% of them. So there are ongoing efforts, I would say. But as far as actual changes, I don't know that we've seen that yet. And one of the things some are some of the schools are dealing with this shortage by moving to a four day school week. I find that really interesting. I think this year, one in four districts in the state of Missouri will be in a four day week. Um, how does this help with teacher retention with that shortage? Yeah, so that is a big trend that has grown in the last decade or so. More and more school districts in Missouri are moving to a four-day week. And at first, it was smaller school districts, more rural school districts. But now we're seeing the independent school district in um, outside of Kansas City. That's one of the biggest school districts in the state, and they're considering going to a four-day week. They talked about it at a recent board meeting. So it's growing. Um, I think that... It is something that is attractive to teachers from the research 
from Missouri State that we've seen. Um, I spoke with John Turner, who is an associate professor there, and he pointed out that only one school district has gone back to a five-day week after going to a four-day week. So it seems like districts do feel like this is a good thing, something that they think was a good move. Um, What do we know about what four-day school weeks do for students? Yeah, Yeah. so we haven't really seen good research on academic outcomes, and especially here in Missouri, our um, testing has been changing over the past few years, and so apparently that's been a difficulty in seeing how this does for for kids. Um, So it should be noted that the kids still have to be in school the same amount of time, and so that means you're getting longer days, Monday through Thursday. And then in some districts, they have specialized tutoring or something like that on Fridays. So they're kind of targeting kids that might need extra help with academics. Um, And in other states where this is even more widespread, there hasn't been a super noticeable impact on academics. So I think the the main takeaway is that it doesn't necessarily have that impact. But, you know, if your kids are younger or if you have kids who have special needs, that's a day every week where you need to find something else for your kid to do. And I think that can be a challenge for families. Absolutely. Well, earlier this month, St. Louis City voters approved a bond issue that will provide St. Louis Public Schools with $160 million, and they're going to be able to spend that on building upgrades. These are really needed upgrades that they've been asking for for a while. How do What do we know about how this money will be spent and is work going to get started right away as the school year begins? So it won't get started right away, but it will get started pretty soon. Um, I think that we all know that the public schools in St. Louis are pretty old. And, you know, I love the way that they look. I think that that is a fun thing about our city, that we have this awesome architecture. But those schools are getting very old and they needed some upgrades. So Um, The first thing that's going to have to happen is the district is going to have to figure out which people they actually want to do the projects that they want to do. And you probably have heard about issues with the supply chain. (laughs) Apparently, that's going to be a problem with this as well. And so the district wants to kind of figure out, are certain things going to be more expensive right now because of supply chain issues? And should we look at doing those at a different time? But I did hear that one of the first projects they want to get started on, there's um, lead contamination in a lot of fences in St. Louis public schools. And so that's one of the first things they're going to do is try to um, get that lead out of there, which is a really expensive process, actually. It's not as simple as just ripping the fence out. So that's going to be one of the first things that they do. Um, But yeah, it's going to be, they said that they really want to get started on everything by the end of this year. So it's going to be kind of a longer process of figuring out who's going to do these projects and what's the first priority. Yeah, it was really interesting when I actually personally went to go vote for, you know, uh, on the ballot when Prop S was on the ballot. I was at a school and you could see the the lead, the sign on the fence right next to the playground about the lead paint. And I was like, that's interesting. It was just very striking. Yeah. And that's also a good reminder that schools aren't just for education. We use them for other community events like voting or, you know, when there's flooding that you might end up with a school that's being used as a center for that. So it's not just about education. Well, you've had quite a busy week just getting all the back to school news throughout the St. Louis region. Um, You know, take some time, but I'm curious what story will be you be following pretty closely as the school year kicks off? 
Yeah, well, I'm really interested in um, in following how students are learning this year. Um, and our colleague Andrea Henderson covered the state board meeting, and they released their um, standardized testing results. And it looks like students still aren't quite back to where they were before the pandemic. Um, and so I'm really interested in hearing what is needed to get kids back on track or even, you know, above where they should be. And I think it'll be really interesting to follow how the state is going to be changing their assessment standards. That's a big thing that's coming up this year. And so I'm just kind of really interested in hearing about those efforts to help kids learn better. I think that's sometimes the most interesting stuff in education. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Today's episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.